0: Welcome, and thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccency.com. And now for the message from our speaker. So anyway, take your Bible, and I want us to look at something today that is not new by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it needs to be addressed in all of our lives as Christians, believers especially, because we come and form a habit. I I would dare say that probably, and I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt, that everyone here today has had some portion of time that you give to, at best, or at the least, reading your Bible. You know, whether that's reading a portion, or whether that's given to... Uh, uh, reading a book, or ever how you go about in reading your Bible. Only one time in Scripture, only one time, and it's in the opening of chapter of the Revelation, that uh, we are told to read. Paul told Timothy, it be is beyond reading; it is that we are to study it, and to study anything means to be given to the subject. And I'm not going to judge anyone here today. I'm not going to ask you, do you study your Bible? I'm not going to ask you that. That's something that I think you as an individual need to discern for yourself. But I do know this, that I've learned through the years, that there's a great deal of difference in my spiritual growth and knowledge as to when I'm given to the study of the Word of God than when I'm just given to casual reading. By the word of God. And you say, you mean, you revert back to just reading? Oh yeah. And uh, all I have to do is ask myself, why do I do that? So I get up and I walk to a mirror and look at it and I'm reminded, sadly, that I'm just a human being. That I'm flesh, just like you are. And I have my weaknesses. You can get busy, you can get sidetracked by different things and not really give yourself to the time that the Word of God deserves, and that we must have in our lives. So turn for me to 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I think that's really the given chapter for us to realize that we are under an order, and that is we're under the order to study, to show ourselves approved. Now, I... I you know, we can say kind of casually that I really don't care what you think, but maybe there are people like that. But I do care what people think. And, uh, you know, I, I I don't want to hurt people. don't want to take advantage of them. don't want to be mean to them, things of that nature. And I know there are some people that are like that, and I don't know how they become like that, but they are that way, and they're very difficult to be around. And if I want to minister just live in such an, a way that my life is an encouragement to others, not only is it an encouragement, it becomes a matter of where they want what I have, uh, then I have got to want them to be around me, and they have got to want to be around me. So we're, we're dealing with the, the matter of study. And I've gone through these things so many times when I was in the pastorate and groups and things of this nature, that I have a variety of little lessons on how to study the Word of God, uh, how to study certain aspects of the Bible, and we could touch on all those. But I have one specific thing that I want us to look at. It has basically five points. They're easy to follow and understand, and if you take notes, I would encourage you to take these little notes, and uh, as you sit down every day at whatever your particular time is to have your Bible devotions and study time. Kind of look at these five things, allow them to be some guidance to your life, and um, see what kind of a difference it makes in us, and because it will make a difference in us. Now Paul, in this discourse here, we know that he is pinning what he's pinning to his son of the faith, Timothy but it's not without the inspiration of the Holy Spirit either. So it is known as a pastoral epistle. And uh, sometimes, and I even had someone many years ago say, well, it's a pastoral epistle, I'm not a pastor, so I'm going to leave it alone. Well, don't look at it that way. Look at it as a student of the Word of God, getting guidance from the Holy Spirit of how to handle this book in your life personally to be a better you. So let's have just a brief word of prayer. And uh, we will read our scripture. We can quote it. Probably the truth is most everybody here this morning uh, knows it well by heart. And you could stand and we could quote it in unison. But we'll read it and look a couple of particular things about it. And then I'll point these five things out and we'll be done at least by the time we should be finished. So Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege and the honor that it is to be here. Dear Lord, I I have nothing within myself, but I have everything when I have the Lord Jesus and I'm led by His Spirit. So, Father, help me today to be a benefit to the hearer and not allow this to be such a simple sermon that they can leave it or take it, but be convicted about the part that the Word of God is playing in their life, not once in a while, but daily. So, Lord, I give my mind, my speech, my life to you to be led and had and used today. Give us clarity of mind, and we will thank you for it. In Christ's name, amen. Look with me, if you would please. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. And I'd say if you've been a Christian very long and you mark in your Bible, you probably have it highlighted in some way. But he says, study... To show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, let's kind of do a little bit of a word uh, input to this as we approach these five things, if you would. First of all, the very first word that is thrown before us is a dirty word. And uh, I say that because it says study. And I have, now. I have, we have, my wife and I have five sons, and our oldest son, they're all very and individuals, you can tell they're all brothers, you put them together, but my oldest son, our oldest son, loves, he's a student, he's just natural with that, has been all of his life, he's 50 years old, and he still loves to study. And yet, he'll tell you, I have to make myself do it. And I think that's really, if we be honest with ourselves, and you have to be honest with yourself, if we're not honest with the fact that the word study is a discipline, we will either take it or leave it, and generally we'll leave it. Study. So be committed to the fact that in order to know this book, live this book, apply this book, give this book, it is a discipline to give of yourself and of your time to know the Word of God. Then he goes on, he says, not only am I to study, that's a discipline, but he says to show myself approved. But now he doesn't leave you in the field of just approval to whom. We find here that we are to have the approval of God in our life. I suppose many of us can relate to this. I'm the youngest of eight children. And uh, my father was a disciplinarian. He had to be with that many kids and uh, and you understand that and my my father he was not an unkind man but he was a sure man and he did what he said he did he never did say if i have to tell you that again i'm going to bend you over and straighten you out he just did it he would tell you and then you either believed him or you didn't believe him but to have my father's approval was everything in the world to me to know that he approved of me, my actions, my attitude, my life, things of this nature. But here's the thing about my dad's approval. He let us know of that approval. We knew it. As surely as we knew of his disapproval, we knew of his approval. Now, I want God's approval in my life, and I'm going to tell you something. As surely as I know his disapproval in my life, and we do, whom the Lord loveth he what? Yes. So if his love propels him to correct us, I believe his love towards us is going to approve us in our obedience to him. And the study of the word of God is one of those approvals. I want God's approval in my life. So that leads us to understand this, that my Bible study has got to be an active position of prayer in my life, that I give myself to it, that I don't let other things overcloud it, that it's a priority of my very existence and my servitude towards the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he says, study shall thyself approved unto God. And now here's another very word, a workman, work. How many of you remember, and not many of you are going to do this, because I'm fast approaching the reality that when I come into a congregation of this size, I'm among the older bunch, and the older bunch is getting thinner than the younger bunch as I travel around. But how many remember the old TV program called Dobie Gillis? Any of you remember Dobie Gillis? All right. And M- Maynard G. Krebs. You remember him? Maynard was a hippie, uh, beatnik in those days. And... Uh, There was a word in his vocabulary that always would make him sick. And somebody would say, work, to him, W-O-R-K. And he would jump and he'd say, work! And it was like somebody just stabbed him. You know, it is within man the innate ability to desire to be lazy more than discipline to be a worker. We must work. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, why would we ever be ashamed? Because there's a day of accountability. We're going to stand before God. Don't hear a lot of that. But we're going to stand before God. God hadn't erased it from the word. It's still there that we have an accountability. We're going to stand before God for the life lived, the service given, all those things. We're, We're going to do that. But also, what we must understand, much if not all of my actions are guided by the discipline of the application of the Word of God in my life. It is yours as well. I do what I do because of that which guides me. If the flesh guides me, I'm going to do fleshly things. If the Spirit guides me, I'm going to do spiritual things. And somebody needs to say amen right there because that's a fact. Because I've had through the years people every once in a while say, Preacher, I don't understand why I do what I do. Well, you do what you do because you are what you are. And what you are is what you put into your life. Have you ever heard someone say something like this? You are what you eat. Well, I must be a chicken because I sure eat a lot of chicken. And uh, I love a good steak every once in a while. But they're talking about our quality of health, things of that nature. It dictates to our wellness. And I'm I'm well aware of that. And uh, I've been... I've been, uh, this morning, tempted with donuts. Well, I'm a diabetic, and I checked my blood this morning. It was not good, and uh, so I didn't add to that problem. I, I just went by downstairs, and I took a whiff and lusted and coveted and let someone else eat what I wanted and tried to be a good person. Now, there's an accountability coming, not only in the faction of my life, what I eat, and it tells on me every morning, it tests my blood, but it tests me every day and reveals to me every day my attitude, my personality, my actions, and my action of work in my life because this is to dictate every aspect of my existence. It is our authority. So we are accountable, rightly dividing the word of truth. Why do you believe what you believe? Preacher, you're ever going to give us your points? Yeah, it's coming. But I want to set this foundation for you. Listen, why do you believe what you believe? Now, there's going to be several answers to that. Some people say, well, that's I was always taught that. Well, I came out of an Armenian background. I could be saved, lost, saved, lost, saved, lost, saved, lost. And um, I could be saved one day and lost the next day. And I'm not, that's not tongue-in-cheek. I'm not laughing at that. It's a tragedy to be taught such a thing, but I believe that because that's what I was taught as a child growing up. We need to check what we are being taught to the standard of the Word of God. That is the authority of the belief in our life. So why do you believe what you believe? And I was raised in a good home with godly mom and dad, brothers and sisters that weren't so, so godly and We can go into that some other time. But we are influenced, are we not? Sure we are. And this church, that pastor, as he gives himself the direction of the Holy Spirit, study the Word of God, prayer life, and lives in the presence and the guidance of God, he is the one that's responsible. The Bible says that. He's responsible for your soul. He's responsible for the truth of, that he gives to you. Now as you get saved he's he is responsible for the development through discipleship of that truth to where you learn to feed yourself. And then you become responsible for God. What you do what's been given to you and entrusted to you. Now let me give you these five things. They're simple and I'll give you scripture for each one of these points as we go down through here. Number one be assured of your Relationship to Christ. Make sure that you know that you're saved. Well, I hope so. I think so. Maybe I am. No, 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 no. The word of God is not in the realm of possibility. It is in the realm of positively. These things have written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. First John five thirteen. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes my word and and on him that sent me hath everlasting life shall not come into condemnation of his past death and life. John 5 24. And then look with me if you please and hold your hand here in 2 Timothy but turn back with me to 1 Timothy or 1 Corinthians would you? 1 Corinthians and I want us to look at chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians 2 and look with me at verse 14 look what it says But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. See, that book you hold in your hand is a spiritual book. It's not a fleshly book. It's not connived with the minds of men. It is men that were verbally inspired, under the impression of God's Holy Spirit, that penned these words. They're God's word. It's God's truth. And out of that, what God says settles the matter. I don't know that I'm saved because my emotions tell me that, because my emotions change. Sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I'm not. And uh, like the other day, walking down my driveway to get the newspaper. I wasn't bent over, I didn't turn. I just walked, and all of a sudden, I wasn't walking anymore. And I'm going to tell you something, my countenance changed instantly. And I went from looking forward to getting the newspaper to tell me all the bad news that's going on. And I was looking forward to that until that happened, and then I wasn't happy. By the way, I haven't reached that point yet. Every time I had to pick up this stupid cane and hobble around on it, it's an admission to me that I need it. I hate it. I hate that. But it's true. It's true. And you know, my dear friend, Jesus never died on the cross to purchase a maybe or a may-soul salvation. He died on the cross that we may know. I know that I'm born again. Had a uh, lady in my study a couple weeks ago been saved for a number of years. She's having some emotional problems, nervous problems, and uh, she decided she's going to self-diagnose her and she took herself off of some medications that's really responsible to keep her balance. And now she's going through the battle of doubt and the valley of fears and all kinds of stuff. My wife and I spent quite a bit of time. My wife did more than I. But my dear friend, listen. It is: Am I saved? Not. I'm saved. Can I tell you something? If I do exactly what Jesus told me to do, there's an obligation on His part to do what He promised He would do. If I trust in the repentance, of faith, the Person of Christ, He's bound by His own Word to save me, and I hold Him to that. I hold Him to that. The natural man. It's not going to understand that. The only way assurance comes in our life is that His Spirit bears witness with what? Our Spirit, exactly. So when you study the Bible, make sure that you know of your own personal relationship to Jesus Christ. Then number two, be dedicated to the Bible, not be a casual reader. And that's a discipline. I've already said that a little bit, but listen, in 2 Timothy 2.15, he says, study, be given to that book. Now, here's the best way I can perform that, and I think it's it's true in, in all of our lives, and that is this. It, <coughs> if we don't have an organized time within an organized day to do any organized thing, we're going to look at bedtime back on a disorganized day, and we're going to say, well, I didn't get that done, didn't get this done, didn't get that done, and... Uh, I think that as sure as we say I've I've got to take out the garbage or I've got to sweep the floor or I've got to make the bed or do the wash or whatever the case is and we set a time to do that most of that will not get done. We'll let something else interfere with that and it's the same way with the word of God. If we don't have a given time set aside to say that's my dedication time when the Lord and I meet every day whether that's in the morning, whether it's in the afternoon, where it's nighttime, you might be a morning person, you might be a night person. I don't care when you do it, as long as you're disciplined to do it and to give yourself to the study of the Word of God. Now, we can get into that. Brother Lang, I'm sure, has gotten into it in the process of teaching and preaching, that there's all kinds of manners. There's book studies, there's subject studies, there's doctrinal studies. There's verse-by-verse studies, all kinds of ways you can study the Bible, all kinds of ways. And uh, just give yourself to them. I change my method because I get stale in one way. And so I have kind of different methods of how I study the Word of God, and you need to do it too. But dedicate yourself. This time, every day, I get up, I sit down, and I take Bible in hand, my devotion time, and there I spend time with God and in his word. And uh, and it makes a difference. It makes a difference. There's not one of us. Now I'm going to tell you, I don't know all of you, I know a few of you, but I don't know all of you, but I know human nature. And human nature will do this to you. You will get sidelined with a good thing instead of being dedicated to the best thing. Amen. See, we blame the devil for a lot of things the devil doesn't do. Well, the devil made me do that. We, we can't have a Flip Wilson mentality. Because here's the thing about it. The devil doesn't necessarily lead you into all sin. Your nature does that. Your nature does that. Do you realize sometimes Satan leads us to do a lesser thing than the best thing? And the lesser thing is not a sin until it takes place the best thing. Uh, Are you following me on that? Anybody understand that? Please help me because I I feel like I'm paddled against the current here. Do understand that? If you can understand that and think about that, uh, you'll win a great victory in your life. A great victory. See, it's not that he wants you to go out here and get drunk, be immoral. He'd clap your hands if you did it, but that's a matter of your choice. But if he can keep you From doing the best thing to do a lesser thing, that lesser thing becomes sin because you gave yourself to it and not to the best thing. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is what? Sin. Yeah. All right. Now, let's look at another one. Not only be assured of your relationship to Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.14, And be dedicated to the Bible, not be a casual reader to 2 Timothy 2.15. And then thirdly, be yielded to the Holy Spirit. Uh, Look with me back in the Gospel of John chapter 16, would you please? The Gospel of John chapter 16. You do realize that by the time we come to John 13, there's a transition period there. Something's getting ready to change from an old to a new. What we've been, we've had up, th- up to John, th- uh, John 13, we've had the presence of Jesus. We've had his presence. But he's getting ready to leave. And in his leaving, he gives us a promise that the Holy Spirit's going to come and dwell within us. <coughs> and he would never depart. No matter where I go, he's with me. No matter what I do, he's with me. Now, whether I talk about, whether it's good or bad, he's with me. And so that kind of leads me, where have I taken the Holy Spirit today? What have I exposed him to? That's not a foolish thought. If you think like that, we'll stay pretty well in the right path and won't expose him to things that he shouldn't be exposed to. Now, you can think about that any way you want to, but be yielded. Now, so look at John chapter 16, if you would, please. And in John chapter 16, I want us to look at one verse of scripture. John chapter 16 verse 13. Howbeit, when he the spirit of truth is come. He will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come. That's a powerful verse. That's a powerful verse. But There's a word there that you and I must capture, and we must allow it to capture us. See the word guide. He shall guide us. Now, I I would dare say probably everybody here at one time or another has been somewhere. You go and see something there, and there's a guide, and you need to give yourself to the guide for him to lead you to see what you need to see and be exposed to what you need to expose, And so we buy a ticket to do whatever, and so this person comes up and says, I'm your guide. And if we wander off track, we're going to see things, but not what he necessarily thinks is the importance of our our exposure. Now, if I am a student, I've been there, high school, college, and um, I have had to yield to a teacher. We all have. Now, I can either be be a good student and yield and come out productive, learning things that I need to be learned in in continuity of truth that take me from the basic of something to a more intent truth that is tied together. Now, the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. Uh, let me give you this really earthy illustration. One of our daughters-in-law, for many years, she worked for a man that owned five McDonald's. Now, don't laugh at that. You can make good money in McDonald's in this day and age. But she did the hiring. That was her job. She did the hiring for all five of these these uh, McDonald's. And she used to tell me some of the funniest stories. Because they, if they needed two people, they'd hire 20 because it, out of that 20, probably only two would show up. And uh, she had a young man coming in there in one day, and she said, I want to give you a, a, a story. I want to give you an illustration. I want to ask you how you would handle it. I said, You've never worked at McDonald's before, and I would have you in my training. I'd be training you how to wait on customers, how to group with customers, and how to put food together and things of this nature and said, um, I get an order from a customer, and I give you the order to fulfill it. And I tell you that they want a hamburger made a certain way. They don't want certain things on it. They do want certain things on it. How would you handle that? And this young man said, I'm not going to do anything you tell me. Now, do you think she hired him? No, didn't hire him. Why? He was not yielded to the guide of his education. And sometimes... We have a pastor that is called of God, given to us as a gift. He is your gift, as well as you being his gift. Now, he studies, he prays, he gives himself to the Word of God. He stands in this pulpit, studied, giving ours to something that God wants you to have. So, are you going to yield to him? Well, the preacher's not going to tell me. I don't agree with that. Well, why don't you agree with that? Listen to him. You might find out he's telling the truth. And he he might have your interest in view. Here, we've got to be yielded to the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a question along this. As I read my Bible, as I study my Bible, right now, am I yielded to the guidance of the Holy Spirit in my life? I can't answer it for you. I can answer it for me. But here's what I find out, and I, I'm telling you, here's what I found out. The study of the Word of God will mess you up. You say, what are we talking about? Because I go in with one idea, and it changes my idea. And sometimes I like my idea better than his, because it, mine gives me more liberty than his does. And so I I find myself fighting against the Holy Spirit. None of you have done that. Just me. I'm the bad guy here. You, You never do that. Chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. Huh? Don't we find that? Now, wait a minute. This is what I've taught, and this is what I'm reading. Now, wait a minute. My mama was wrong. My daddy was wrong. Let God be true. And every man a liar. I am to be under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Then, fourthly, and these last two will go quickly, be willing to change your position or change your thoughts. Because I could go in one way and I can come out a different way. I, I have a number of messages. I have series, a series of numbers of messages I preach on different aspects of prayer and one of the thoughts that I bring out in the study on prayer is I may have a request going in and God changed my mind about the request before I get out have you ever been there almost demanding God do certain things and find out that that's my want that's not God's will and I've had to change. Now, it's not always easy. But reading the Word of God and giving myself to the guidance of the Holy Spirit and being a student of the Bible, I've got to be willing to change my position. And I've had to do that. I, came, I was raised Armenian. You could be saved. You could be lost. You could be saved. All kinds of things. And as I study of the Word of God and under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, I'm not what I used to be. Thank God I'm not. And then look lastly, be ready to share these truths with other believers. Be ready to share. Has ever, ever has God ever, has the Holy Spirit of the living God ever, in the process of you studying? Because here's how I sit down. In the morning, I sit down and I have my Bible, I have a devotional book, and I have, <clears throat> now don't get me wrong, but I have a prayer book. Of the puritan prayers and and I read one of those every day and in my devotions, but before I do any of that, I pray, and I say something like this: Lord Jesus, before I open my Bible, I want you to get a hold of my heart and my mind, help me to understand, help me to comprehend, and then dear God help me to share when I was a young christian and developing the word of god and studying the bible my wife was raised in a solid fundamental church all of her life and her daddy taught her well and i didn't know a lot of things she knew when we first got married but i'd get so excited about truth i'd come storming out of our little second bedroom that i made into a study and man god showed me a truth and i'd hunt her down and i'd say baby look at this look is that not one of the most phenomenal truths you've ever read in your life I can't get over this I'm having a spell are you happy about that now she was happy about it she already knew it (laughs) and she'd say something like this yeah I know that she'd just kind of nip it in the bud she played Barney Fife an awful lot And, and you know but here's the thing does God ever show you something so real so exciting so fresh You just say in your heart, I'm going to call Mary Sue and tell her what I saw in the Bible today. I want to share that with her. Or Bob or Billy or whatever their name is. I want them to see. I want to share what God's given to me. It is so good. I want them to have the same thing. Now here's the analogy and here's how I'm going to close this. A good study of the Word of God is like a good meal. You want to share it with somebody. Somebody There's no book like this book. No book like this book. I'm an incessant reader. I I read, and they're not all spiritual books. I read a book on uh, Randy Travis just recently. And uh, it was a good book. It was an earthly book, but it talked about his past life and how he's gotten saved. how about died, had a stroke, and uh, they only gave him like a 10% chance of living. And, uh, you know, Randy Travis, the country singer, is who I'm talking about. But anyway, good book. I'm not telling you to go buy it. I enjoy reading it. it. made me thankful I didn't come from that life and made me thankful that he was brought out of that life, got saved. And uh, several books I've read. I've read three just in the last month and a half, or something like that. So I read a lot. But I want to tell you something. I get the feeling very, very guilty if I read more in something else than I read in this. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Let's bow our heads. Father, I pray that... Thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccency.com.